Hello and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I'm your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Credential Podcast. We have an awesome one ahead of y'all, a great interview. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we'll talk about a little bit of Nashville scene, what's going on in Nashville. So much has been going on and we're heading into a brand new football season and we have got IndyCar around the corner and we have SEC football around the corner. So we'll dive a little bit into that too. But before we do, I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in each week to listen to this episode, to these episodes. Thank you so much for subscribing. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Once you subscribe, you don't have to go searching for the episode. You don't have to go looking on social media to see if it was posted yet. If you subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, every week when there's a brand new episode, it'll be right there for you to listen on your feed. And please be sure to follow the Sports Credential on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram because you don't want to miss anything. We just had the DeAndre Hopkins news last week. We're in the thick of the Nashville SC season. Well, still in the heart of NASCAR season. We have got IndyCar just next week. We'll have tons of content and interviews and events. We'll cover everything. And Titans is right around the corner. Training camp just started yesterday. We're, we're in the thick of it. And you don't want to miss anything because uh, there's going to be so much going on. But don't worry. We here at the Sports Credential will have you covered. So please be sure to follow us on social media. And if you head to our website, sportscredential.com, you can sign up for our free email listing where we'll keep you updated. Every month we have our monthly calendar with all the events going in town. Every Friday we'll hit you with all the news that happened that past week. We'll hit you with breaking news, just ins, feature stories, podcasts, everything. So be sure to subscribe. Please be sure to follow because we don't want you to miss anything because so much is going on here in town. So for today's episode, we have a great interview with the executive vice president of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, Liz Allison. Liz is awesome. Uh, she's done so much in motorsports, mainly NASCAR, over the last 30-plus years. She's done everything from media to a little bit of PR to TV and sideline reporting to now working with the Grand Prix, kind of helping every in every way possible with planning and with uh, hospitality and just working with the entire team because th this team is kind of all hands on deck. And you you'll see in the you'll you'll see when she talks about how much this really is a team effort and there really isn't one guy and it is also not a huge team. It it's it's very small and everyone does a lot of everything and but they get everything done and like the last two years the event kicks butt but before we go into that interview, I just want to touch on a couple of other things, uh, including Nashville SC. Last time we talked, Nashville SC is finally back in the win column after winning 2-1 against the Colorado Rapids at Geodis Park uh, this past Sunday in the League's Cup. So, League's Cup is here, so we're, we're going to be in this tournament until, I believe, around August 20th is when MLS starts back up. Some people like the League's Cup. Some people don't. Some people are kind of indifferent about it. Um, Nashville got a win. Tomorrow they play uh, Liga MX team uh, Toluca. That should be a really big one. I think there should be a lot of fans, a lot of Mexican fans. Nashville's got a vibrant Hispanic community, a lot of Mexican uh, immigrants and Mexican heritage here in Nashville. Uh, they'll always come out hard for their soccer club. And even if they're not a fan of this specific club, just to have one of their Mexican teams here in the U.S. playing a tournament game, they're, they're going to show up. So a little bit disappointed to see that there weren't a whole lot of fans on the Sunday game. 
but I think people still don't understand the Leaks Cup yet, and some people have embraced it as the fans that have that, that did come, and some fans really just don't care, and I get that. But this is a brand new tournament, and they're gonna have to work out some kinks. There's are a couple. There are a couple things that are different about it that were a little bit odd. Um, and when it comes to pregame stuff and a couple of in-game things, and you're dealing with Concacaf refs now, not just MLS refs. It's kind of a it's a different vibe than you know the U.S. Open or even just MLS. So there's a lot there's a lot that's gonna happen over these next couple weeks and if it's not all positive and people are gonna use it to you know take jabs at this tournament but I don't know I, I, any type of tournament I'm I'm gonna enjoy any type of interseason soccer tournament is great because I, I think tournament soccer is the best form of soccer per, personally and being able to have another league like Liga MX come in and kind of bring these two leagues together to build rivalries and uh, have passion and, you know, give some of these smaller clubs some extra money if there's a way to make money for, for these smaller clubs to grow and all that stuff. So I, I'm definitely pro Leagues Cup. Uh, we'll have to see how far it can go, but I don't know. They got another game today, uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, the 27th against Toluca again at Geodis Park. If they win that, or I think if they even pull out a point, uh, they will win the group. So if they win the group, they're going to the next round. And then, you know, that'll probably grab people's attention. Like, like anything you win against people's attention, you win, it brings in numbers, it brings in money, brings in success. And if they win the whole thing, a trophy's a trophy. I don't care what anyone says about the tournament. A trophy's a trophy, but we're a long way from that. They just got to get through this group stage, but yeah, I, I, I'm all for it, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, we'll ha hopefully have some more conversations in the coming weeks uh, about Leaks Cup and about Nashville SC and their position. Uh, also, this past week, I think just yesterday, Nashville SC finally made a move to get their uh, other international slot filled and their DP position filled with Sam. the signing of Sam Surge from Nottingham Forest. So, they finally have that number nine striker that fans have been crying about for well over a year. And hopefully this will be a huge boost to the team because uh, it looks like Randall Leal is going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, Hani Mukhtar's kind of been kind of a, a dry spell. I mean, he had an amazing game against uh, Colorado coming in like the 57th minute, scoring within the first minute being in and getting an assist. Um, he's, he's, he's still the best player in MLS, in my opinion. But having another guy that comes in that's tall, that's fast, that's physical, that can be that guy to just tap that ball into the net, that can, you know, score off of crosses, you know, someone who can be that pure goal scorer that Nashville really needs. Because even with guys like Teal Bunbury and Leal and even Schaffelberg, there just there hasn't been the amount of goals that there should be when you look at the chances created with the shots on net, with the crosses into the box and there really should be more offense on paper. There should be more goals being scored, but there hasn't. And it's been a big struggle for Nashville, especially over this last month. But bringing in a guy like Sam Surge is going to bring a boost, not only to just him being on the team and him performing for Nashville SC, but it's also going to bring a, a boost to the rest of the club, to the rest of these players of saying, you know, the team's trying. The front office is trying. We have to work hard. It brings a little bit of more energy. It brings kind of this new fresh feelings, a new kid in town, you know, that type of idea. So hopefully this will carry on and be 
a big boost momentum into the Leafs Cup and hopefully into MLS so they can really hold on to a top four position in the MLS standings. But we got a long way to go. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, training camp just started for NFL. Titans, DeAndre Hopkins is there. Will Levis is there. First round draft pick, Peter Skaronsky's there. It's going to be an exciting one. I mean, Tannehill's going to be fighting for a spot. I mean, it's his spot, but he's going to be fighting for a contract, really, at the end of the season. Now, we got DeAndre Hopkins back. We're going to see uh, Traylon Burks going to the second year. We're going to see Chigo Conquo really fight for it. It's going to be a really awesome training camp, and I think it's going to be one of the more interesting training camps that the Titans have had in probably about two years because this team is really... On paper, they could be really good, but they still have a lot of holes. So um, we're going to have to see how this team develops, and training camp is going to be the best way to fit, kind of figure it out, especially to see if uh, Malik Willis or if you know Will Levis are going to be the two guys fighting for the backup position. Is Derrick Henry better? Is he you know going to continue to be the best running back in the league? Can the offensive line work out some of their corks with the new Peter Skoransky coming in? Uh, maybe even a couple other free agency hires on uh, for the offensive line. So there's a lot, but um, we'll have you covered for training camp. We'll keep you updated because there's going to be a lot going on. And uh, once we get into the NFL season, we're going to be full steam ahead and we'll have tons to talk about here at the sports credential podcast, but enough of that. We'll talk more about that next week and get into Titans, getting to sec and college football. But for right now, I just want you guys to enjoy this interview with Liz Allison, I had a fantastic conversation. The Big Machine Music City Grand Prix people have just been absolutely amazing. And thank you so much to Liz. Say thank you so much to that Grand Prix team. And without further ado, I hope you guys just enjoy the interview. And now I'd like to welcome to the Sports Credential Podcast, Liz Allison, the Executive Vice President of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. I always Mess that up. Even last time with Jason, I'm like the Music City, the Music City Big Machine, Big Machine Music City, but the Big yeah, Machine right? Music City Grand Prix, third year in a row. Um, both both years awesome. Going into another third awesome year. Uh, like so many people, I'm super excited, and I'm so happy that you can join me and talk about it because I know you and your team are incredibly busy, which is two weeks away, really, from the race yeah. weekend. Yeah, it is. It's it's crazy busy, but thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And we uh, listen, every chance we have, uh, we want to take it to talk about our amazing event. And two weeks out, um, we are running around with our hair on fire right now. It feels like you know, we were laughing, saying that all of us are like we're um, waking up in the middle of the night thinking of all the things that we need to do or things that, you know, come to our mind in the middle of the night. And so I have a little, little notepad that I keep beside my bed. So when I wake up in the middle of the night right now, I can write something down so I can try to get a few, a few extra minutes to sleep, but, but we're ready. We're going to be in, in just a great form for our third event, which is hard to believe. I've been here. I, I know you have chatted with Jason recently as well. Our president, and he and I both have been here since uh, before our first event. So it's been so much fun to see our event kind of grow up, if you will, uh, just uh, kind of grow into what it is today. And uh, year one was was such a, a fun experience for us. Of course, that was one of the first big events coming out of COVID. So there was um, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, uh, people kind of breaking out for the first time, you know, in, in, in quite some time. And so we had 
a lot of things that that took place in year one that we were really proud of and and then some things that we thought you know we can probably do better with that and so then year two rolling into year two we were able to enhance those experiences that we felt like we wanted to make a little better make some tweaks so now going into year three for me I, I oversee all of our premium hospitality this is such a fun year for me because we've been able to really um, again kind of expand on our premium hospitality experience we have our our club RPM and we have our East Club and we have our turn nine and um, it's just it's it's a lot of fun to be able to take all of our experiences from the first two years and, and make it into what it is now um, so we're really excited about it yeah I remember that first year it was just anything that came out of COVID was like, like <laughs> Christmas morning I remember Woo, like when right? NASCAR was like the first sport to really come back and like their ratings were yeah. off the charts. So, well, and they never really went away if you remember. And that's what was so interesting about NASCAR and the way they handled it is that, you know, the fans weren't able to go into the stand. So it was really interesting watching the race because you, you never, at least for me, because I've been in NASCAR for so long, you know, the fans are important, but you don't realize how important the fans are to the broadcast, Absolutely. you know, and then to not have fans in the stands for the broadcast. It was, it was uh, quite different to watch, but it was fun to be able to have something to watch nonetheless. Yes. Yeah, so, so everything that came out of that like six months after the COVID craziness was just unbelievable. And having an event like the big machine music city Grand Prix, just unbelievably just new to Nashville. There hasn't really been an event like that. And to come out of COVID, I just think kind of helped carry the winds of the event to make it growing into kind of like a staple of, you know, the city. Like I know tons of people that are just like, they renew their tickets every year. Now it's just kind of part of their, summer experience now and yes i mean absolutely and that that was again it was it was a fun time to come uh to to really roll into our first event coming out of covid it was a fun time to be a part of of year one when everybody was so excited to get out and do something and get out in the you know and and to um take part in live sports again and live events uh, but again, like you said, we have our, our loyal folks that come back every year, and we're so excited about that. And every year we have first-time event goers that come in, and um, and then, th then they're hooked after they get here. And that's what I tell people all the time, just about motorsports generally speaking, because I did come from the NASCAR world, and I was there for so long, is that that for, for me, for people to really take um take note and really get engaged in motorsports like you have to go in person it's one of those sports that if you've been to a live event you can watch racing on television and you can you can you can enjoy it and i'm not saying that people can't enjoy it that never been to a live race but to me it just enhances that experience because if you've not been you really you don't understand the sights the smell, the sound, the vibration. Um, but when you're there in person, then you're able to experience all that. And it is just completely different than watching it on television. Oh, absolutely. It, I think it's the only sport that is just significantly different. It's the only sport where yeah, if you don't have is. a live experience, yeah. you're not getting the, you're not going to enjoy it. I always think football's better on TV and than in person, but um, there's yeah. some sports that are like that, but NASCAR, IndyCar, any type of motorsport is always better. In, uh, in yeah, it's, that is so true because and and really the cars look like they're going so slow when you watch them on television. And that's the other thing that I think people really have to when I say feel it and see it and smell it like you, you have to see those cars flying by. I, I had some friends that came to our race last year. They'd never been to a, a live 
um, a, a motor motorsports event before, and she was talking about trying to take a picture, you know, and she she had her her phone all ready to go, and she was like couldn't get a picture, you know, because they were going so fast, and you know, and that's something you just can't you can't grasp that when you're watching it on television. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a sport that you want to come and you want to be in person and experience it in person. That's yeah, it's it's, it's the best. But so like you said, you worked in NASCAR. You, you've been working in motorsports for such a long time. Give us a little bit of a background of kind of like your career working in NASCAR and working a little bit of media and now here working for the Duke Machine Music City Grand Prix. Yeah, so I, you know, I came into the sport into motorsports a little different, I guess, than than what might be your traditional track if you're in in motorsports media. I was married to Davy Allison's NASCAR, um, the um, late the late Davy Allison, I should say, which is still hard for me to say, um, NASCAR Hall of Famer, and uh, I was married to him, and we had a, an amazing life in the sport. Two little kids that were growing up in the sport. Um, I was already writing at the time. Um, that was just you know part of my love for writing and um, had studied um, had done a lot of uh, studying with journalism in college and so on and so forth. So when um, when I married Davy and I came into the sport, I continued that. And so I was writing for a couple of different publications and I was writing for his fan club and doing some different things um, at the time, just kind of keeping my my feet wet, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, in the sport and keeping my, my hand in the sport and then, and in writing. Um, and then when we lost Davy in 1993, uh, we had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So I was, um, I obviously had, had my hands full with, with life and, and where we were in life. And so I took about five years away from the sport, away from everything and just, um, really focused on trying to raise our kids, um, you know, in the midst of heartache and, 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 and such just profound loss, um, so for us during that time, it was just focus on family and I wasn't doing any writing, wasn't doing anything from a professional standpoint. And then I went back in 1998, back into NASCAR, um, at the, at the urging of Bill French Jr., who was then the president of NASCAR, um, his, his father, Bill French Sr. was the founder of NASCAR, um, had a, a special relationship with him. He was a really dear friend. He was much like a father figure to me. Um, and so it was of his urging to, uh, for me to come back into the sport. And so I started working in the sport again, writing, and then got back on the, um, really not, not back into the media side, because I wasn't on the media side before. I was a, a wife in the sport, but doing a lot of writing. So um, at that point in 1998, I sh sh shifted gears, if you will, and um, and then went to the media side of things and started writing. Uh, then I became a pit reporter for, for TNT and NBC um, and and just uh, had, a, had a great career as far as that was concerned and learned a lot. And it was such fun. The, the group that I worked with, Benny Parsons, and just so many greats and um so that was a that was a great experience and a, and a good learning time and and curve for me and then I started working in premium hospitality and um, did that for many many years um, with NASCAR and continued my writing and then started in radio and I've been doing radio for for a long time um and so that that's kind of where it all started I guess you would say and then um I guess to kind of land this plane, if you will, when COVID hit, I was still working uh, in NASCAR and for NASCAR and with all of our, with all of the VIP and premium hospitalities. 
um, experiences and traveling around. And so when everything stopped, because that's one of the things that stopped, obviously, was no more, you know, no more hospitality. And, and all of us were at home, even though the races were still taking place, we were at home. And um, Mac Pros, our founder and CEO, had been a friend, um, had known him uh, for, for many years. And so this experience, or this opportunity, I should say, for the experience here at the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix became available. And so I accepted the position at that time. And the funny thing is, I'll tell you, I thought it was going to be temporary. I thought that I would go back to work for NASCAR as soon as everything opened back up. And it was just one of those things that I I, I became so passionate and so uh, just involved and in, in the trenches with this event. It's I, I'm, I'm a writer. I've had, as I've mentioned, I've had um, some published books and, and I've often told people what I love about writing books is that you start with, you start with an idea and then you get to be a part of the whole process and you see the finished result, which is a book. And to me, this is much like what our, what our event is. We, you know, there was this idea that was already in place when I came along and then I got to be a part of all of the planning and the creating, and then you get to see the finished result and it's so rewarding. Um, so once, uh, once NASCAR opened back up and the world opened back up, I decided to stay. And so I'm, I'm still here. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And I love every day. I, I feel like I want to kick my heels together and just because I'm so excited to come to work every day. I feel very blessed. That's wonderful. Yeah. Your career, just kind of looking at everything you've done, it's been like, wow, you, you can't believe someone could do so much stuff and just be kind of everywhere and being you know, at such a awesome event like the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Talk to me about that first year, dealing with COVID and also kind of working, trying to work with ticket sales and creating something from kind of nothing. I mean, I don't think anyone except for, you know, maybe Matt Cruz and a couple of those guys really thought of a, a track going through downtown Nashville around Nissan Stadium over that bridge. Talk to me about yeah. that first year kind of building the event we know today. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, I'll tell you, even the first time that I had the conversation with Matt, I was like, We're, no, you want to do what? You know, so it was even me, um, who's, you know, I'm one of the biggest motorheads there is. And I was, I couldn't quite grasp what, what it was that he was trying to, uh, to, uh, color for me, if you will, you know, I'm like, I, I need this, I need to see the whole picture here. I, I'm not seeing it. Um, so basically it was, as I said, it started, you know, with, with our founder and CEO and Matt Cruz, and uh, there were a few other people early on that were a part of his uh, kind of planning and creating a, this, this idea, if you will, this event. Um, and it did change courses a couple of times of, you know, what it would be and what the track would look like. And, you know, and, and then let's not forget all the approvals and, and all of the, the, uh, just from a, from a political sense and community sense of, of what would have to take place to make something of this magnitude take place and something to you know something of this nature to even be able to uh, to be a reasonable request for you know for all the the uh, everybody in, in the city that takes part in it and all the city workers and all the just the first responders and there's you know the the mayor's office and I mean just it's just endless of how many people had to be involved with something of this magnitude and so once that was all kind of rolling and Tony Cotman was brought on and he's our track designer um, and once he was brought in and really started honing in on what this would be you know then it was all right let's get down to business and let's look at what are these tickets you know what are the viewing opportunities and you know and now now we know how the course will be built so how how do we how do we serve up hospitality like like Nashville knows how to do best so there was many 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 
um, as we know, months of planning and just, uh, you know, yes, that'll work. No, that won't work. And uh, there was so much of that. I mean, we're, we're a three-day event, but we, we have a year-round team. We're in here year-round, you know, just a, a, like everybody else. You know, we're here Monday through Friday in the off-season working because we have that much to do. And then when we get to our busy season, then we're, you know, we're working whatever hours it takes to get the work done. So, um, but the first year, it was very exciting. It was scary. It, it was it was exciting. It was fun. It was scary and um, and mind blowing and all those things that you can imagine. Every every everything that you can even think of to describe year one is what it was. Um, but I can tell you, at the end of the day, it was one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done professionally. Um, I've often said, and I and I stand by this even today after being here for the for the time that I have now is that I, I've never worked as hard on anything professionally and I've never been a part of anything professionally that's this rewarding. Um, our team works really hard and it takes a lot to make this event happen. It just, we don't just show up on Friday morning and the streets are closed and, and the races take place. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of really talented people and a lot of cooperation from a lot of people. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just a small part of that as, as, as everybody else here on our team. You know, we all, we all together are mighty, but it, it takes a lot of us to get it done. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I hear that from everyone I've talked to on your team. Everyone's like, it's a team effort, team effort, because it's yeah. just a year round kind of organ organizing this thing taking 12 months, mm -hmm. if not longer and all that stuff. So what does your preparation, what, what does your non race weekend look like throughout the year planning? That, that's what I'm really interested in because there's so much that goes into it, but to someone on the outside, I mean, it might be like, what are they doing for so long? What, was what are you yeah. doing? Like, what do you do? I, I laugh because my family's same thing. They're like, what, what are y'all doing all the time? I mean, if you think about it, like all of these, and, and you know, cause you've been to the event, so you can, you can visualize it. But for those who haven't, until you really ride down and see what we're talking about, like, and, or if you haven't been in the business of creating and building all of these temporary structures, like you really don't understand just, just because of not having that experience of, of how long it takes to plan and to build and, um, and to, to create hospitalities and partnerships and sponsorships and sell them and client services. And um, there's, there's a lot of different angles that we come from, but for us, because we're not a permanent venue, because we are building our venue, if you will, we're building our course. You know, we, we have to, we have to work through, as I've already mentioned, is that we have to work through um, with all of our, our city partners and all of our, you know, our state partners in regard to, you know, road closings. And there's a lot of, a lot of different permits and um, all of that stuff takes time. So that, that's one piece of it. Um, operations has a, has a big bite of all of it because they're, you know, they're planning what, I mean, and just because we, like when we get to, to August 7th this year, we're already having a plan for next year because then it's, you know, what, what, how long do the permits take and getting those permits in and what changes are we going to make and, you know, what road, what roads are blocked and so on and so forth. And, and then also from a hospitality side, it's what vendors are we going to use? Are we going to use the same vendors for our structures? What, what changes are we going to make to the structures? What are those ticket prices going to be? What, who are our vendors going to be? You know, how do we set the budgets for these? What are our ticket prices going to be? How many tickets are we going to sell? When do we put those tickets on sale? I mean, it's all of those things that, that you have to do any type of event has to do that, obviously. But for us, there's that extra layer because we are a temporary 
track, if you will, a temporary, uh, when we're creating a venue of sorts, then it takes a lot more planning and it takes a lot more people and a lot more advanced planning than what you would typically have. Um, so that's some of what we do. I mean, we have a lot of, um, we, you know, we're sales meeting because we, we have a lot of sales meetings. We have a lot of, a lot of uh, creative meetings in regard to how can, how can we make what we're doing better? Um, even though we, we are year round, we have eh, 10 to 12 year round staffers because of that, we have to wear a lot of different hats. So, you know, what, what might typically be one, maybe you're in sales, you know, for us, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. You might be selling, you might be like me, I do a little bit of everything. Um, so that's, you know, that's just how it works for us because we, you know, we don't have a, you know, a 30 person year round team. We use a lot of our, uh, we, we hire a lot of folks that are coming in as seasonal workers and, and that are also as event workers and, and a lot of um, volunteers, in fact. So and um, that's a little glimpse of what happens year round. And it's always busy. It's crazy. It's always busy. One thing I'm curious about is the hospitality area of it. I mean, I remember last year walking around. This is my, kind of my first year being able to really just kind of walk around and um, seeing the food trucks and seeing the big sponsors <laughs> and the table set up for different areas of people's interests, kind of like touching on everyone's different palette. Um, being in Nashville, it, it's so high and there's always events going on. Do you find it difficult or easy finding vendors? Because do you feel that or different hospitality no. aspects? Because I feel like yeah. it's either it's too hot and it's hard to get people or it's too expensive and they're asking prices too high or is it just because there's so much you can just get as much as you want? Yeah, I mean, Nashville, like we're, we are an event city. I mean, so it's, there's no doubt there's always something going on. You know, for us, I mean, we have a lot of participation at, from, from local vendors that want to be a part of our event. Um, we're certainly not at a loss for people wanting to be a part of it. We are unique in a sense that there's there's a lot of events in Nashville all the time, but we're the only one that races through the streets of Nashville. So, you know, because of that, there's a lot of people that that obviously are very interested and want to be a part of it. It's an exciting event. It's different. Um, we do have music. We have 30 artists that are performing on multiple stages for us this year. So we we have that music element. We certainly would not be a festival without it in Nashville because music is such a big part of, of the Nashville groove. Uh, so we certainly have that. Um, and as you mentioned, food is as well. So so no no loss for vendors there. Our vendors that we have as far as our structures are concerned, we start bidding those out. Like we we actually start that like a month after our event oh, ends. Wow. So we're already that into that grind. Um, you know, as soon as we as soon as we end our race, we're making notes, changes, we're recapping and and uh, really looking at how we can again enhance every year we want to get better. Um, we want to have a better experience for those um, than the year before. So we, we don't ever stop and say we've got it all right, because if we do that, then, then we're going to be a step behind. So we always have to be better the next year than we were the year before. And so we're already, you know, jumping on that as soon as as soon as we catch our breath after our race, we're already into planning. That's crazy to think about all that preparation. I mean, and yes. from, from what you look at when you go to the last couple of races, it, it, it goes so smoothly. I do have to say it goes everything. There's not a whole lot of like, uh, why didn't they think of that? Why didn't they think of that? I, I, it's really, <laughs> it's a great, it really is a great festival, a really great event. And I know you guys did a lot of work going into this third year. Um, the early race on Sunday to beat the heat, the late race, yes. the, um, 
GT America. On Saturday, um, yeah. Talk to me about figuring out that with the team, about changing some of the races, moving some of the concerts to make it the best fan-friendly type of event, especially when you're dealing with the heat in Nashville. I mean, August is like the worst yeah. month in this, in this city. <laughs> it is absolutely um i mean that's just again it's it's how can we make how can we enhance that experience for our guests and that's something that we continue to look at and honestly it doesn't stop when we get to race day you know if it's fr when it's friday of race weekend then we're already looking at is there something we can do that we can help saturday what can we do to help sunday um you know we have our our meetings every morning we have our early morning meetings where we're where we're recapping the day before and we're looking at how can we make today better than the day before so we we continue that that whole um, mindset as we go through race weekend um you know for for us it's um it, it's when we look at when we look at how could we make this year better one of the biggest things you mentioned it's hot in in the summertime period i mean there's nothing you can do about it but certainly august is one of the hottest months and early august is it can, it can be, it can be stifling. It's so hot. And so we know that, and we want to, we want to make everybody as comfortable as we can. So this year we have, we have a, a great, um, we have a great cooling uh, sponsor with, with Ferguson and we have cooling centers that are around. We have shade tents and we have fans. We have lots of water that we have for uh, our guests that are attending so that they can get out of the heat uh, this year, we've added a family fun zone, which is new for us this year. We're super excited about that. We have a shade tent area there. We have uh, TVs in there so parents can watch um, while their kids are playing in the family fun zone. Uh, that was something that we learned from year one and year two, that Nashville, people like to take their kids. You know, and we, we wanted to have something that was a little bit better. We'd not had a family fun zone before. So we wanted to have inflatables. We have a Ferris wheel. We have mini Grand Prix racing. We have all kinds of fun things for the kids. We have a food truck that's specially there just for kids, you know, with, with kid-friendly food. And we have snow cones in there. So, you know, we're trying to be very specific about, about what we're doing and, and how we can enhance that. So we know we need shade tents. We know we need an earlier start time. So we went to the city and said, hey, we need this. And we also went, you know, when IndyCar was in the discussions with us, we were able to have those discussions of having an earlier start time. So we were really excited to have that as well. Um, so those are just, again, some of the conversations that we continue to have in the background of how we can, how we can make it, the experience better every year for our guests. That's always exciting to see how you guys adapt and how you guys get better and think of things that will go over my head constantly, but that's, that's why you guys are doing what you're doing and I'm not doing that. Um, well, that's why we need a team because yeah. we, we need everybody to, to think of those things. And, and we, we rely a lot on our guest feedback as well. We always listen to what our guests have to say. And, and that matters to us because that's how we can make ourselves better. Every time that we, that we hear something from our guests and we jot those notes down and when we're recapping, then we go back and, and, and even for our planning this year, as we were getting into the heat of planning, we go back and we look at our recap notes because we know that some of those things we might forget. So we want to note it all. And then we get back into the planning. Then we go back and we, we refer to our notes and then we, you know, then we correct what we can and change what we need to. And, uh, you know, again, we, we never, we're never settled with saying we, we did it good enough. We always want to be better. That's wonderful. And to go back a little bit into your career and looking what you've done, um, NASCAR and motorsports in the United States has always been a very male dominated kind of industry. Um, 
it's changed so much over the last couple of years. It's wild to see how motorsports and especially something like NASCAR has grown so much to be inclusive and all different walks of life getting involved in the motorsport. What has your experience been kind of being a woman hmm. in NASCAR, especially at a woman at, at your position working in motorsports? Well, it's funny because I'll tell you my mother-in-law, my um, at Davy's mom, Judy Allison, when she started in the sport, women were not even allowed in the pits in the garage. Wow. So it is funny to think about women like Linda Petty, who was Richard Petty's wife. And I mentioned Judy Allison and, and many women of, of that era, they would climb over the fence and they would sneak into the paddock area, into the pit area. So just you think about how far we've come with women in motorsports. But when I came into the sport, there weren't any women that were broadcasters. There were no women that were covering the sport. Um, when I when when I started as a pit reporter, it was me for NBC and TNT, and it was Jeannie Zelasco for Fox. And it was so funny because it was it, at the at the time we were starting to see female sideline reporters. I remember Jill Arrington was one of the first ones that that I could remember that were that we were starting to see on the sidelines that they were um, very professional what they were doing and, and certainly well-groomed and, and knew the sport. And so then we started seeing that coming into NASCAR and I was privileged to be one of those folks that, um, that got to be one of the first women doing that. But it was interesting. They did not want us or didn't want me, I should say at the time to call pit stops. They didn't feel like it was convincing enough. I was doing all of the, the storylines and I would handle anybody that went into the, um, the emergency into the care center. Then I would interview them exiting the care center and I would look for all types of storylines and vignettes to cover. But it wasn't at any time that they were comfortable with me calling pit stops, which is so funny because now, you know, it's it's you, we don't even think twice about it. We have females out there that are calling pit stops and and it's just it's no different than having a male do it than a female. Um, so that's one of the major changes that I would say. Um, I mean, there are, there have been women and as far as writers are concerned, motorsports writers that have been around for a long time. Um, and so that that's not really it's, it's something as new as what we would think. Um, but it's it's definitely has changed. And now, as far as like PR reps are concerned for the drivers, you hardly see any males at, at, in that in that um, professional spot at all. It's all females. So it's really interesting how that has changed as well. So there's a lot of women in motorsports. In fact, for us, for race weekend, we have um, on for I believe it's Friday of race weekend. We have a photo op that we're going to have in our victory lane where it brings all of the women and motorsports together for a photo op at our race. And this is something that's been taking place all year at different at different uh, motorsports events. And so we're going to have one as well. So that basically brings all the women that are at our track with all the different series of racing that we have, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, professional place they may have in the on the race team whether it's a PR rep whether it's a team manager but pit crew member whatever it may be then we a car owner whatever it may be we invite all of them into victory lane on Friday to, to take a women in motorsports photo and it's crazy how many women show up that are in the photo so that really shows you how the sport has opened up to to women and we're really proud of that yeah that's so wonderful I remember going covering the uh, Ally 400 just last month. And like you said, it's just, it, it seems like it's more diverse than what anyone would think from, especially from the outside. It's just, it's, it's awesome. And it's become a really, it's such like an American sport and everyone's involved. 
Uh, and it, that goes for motorsports across the board. Um, so to cap off this interview, once again, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, of course. No, thank you. What are you most excited for for this specific upcoming event? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know if it's that I'm the most excited about, but but what I anticipate the most, like, I, I just want people to have a good time. You know, that's, I think if there's the pressure that I put on myself and, and certainly uh, the, our team, you know, is that we want people to have a good time. We want them to, to feel like their time is well spent and the money they spent on their ticket was worth every, every penny of it. And that they, they come and they have a good time and they feel well taken care of. Um, to me, that, that's what I get excited about. I, I get excited about seeing people smiling and having a good time. And, and I think really, if I break it down, maybe the family fun zone, just because I'm excited for people to come out and, and see um, what this festival is all about, what this event is about and bring their kids. I, I, my kids grew up in the sport for obvious reasons. Um, but I just, I know when you can get kids to the racetrack and they can see it again, see it, feel it, hear it, the vibrations and, and see the colors of the cars and, you know, see the drivers walking around and, and realize that those are, those are real people that are driving the cars. Like those kids, they get hooked. And when they get hooked, then you know you've got a fan. And that's how the sport, motorsports, continues to grow. And it's not about IndyCar. It's not about NASCAR. You know, it's not about Formula One. It's about motorsports. And it's about keeping motorsports alive and, and, and growing and healthy. And, and if Formula One's doing well, then NASCAR's doing well. If NASCAR's doing well, Formula One and, and IndyCar's doing well. All, all of the, the momentum that each one of the series brings to motorsports, it helps the other series. And, and I know that we all feel the same about that and you know our president of of indycar jay fry he came from the nascar world um so there there's a lot of there's a lot of, of overflow if you will and and you know we're at the end of the day we love we love sports we love competition and we, and we love motorsports and and we're just proud to be a part of it and as i said i'm i feel blessed every day to be a part of it that's wonderful and yeah uh, there's nothing quite like motorsports, and like you said, I, I've seen like a boom over the last couple of years. Uh, Formula One's on the up on the upside, and along with it is NASCAR. Their ratings, their ticket sales are going up, and same with IndyCar. Their TV ratings are going up, and I know this race, the uh, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, is always one of the big ones to watch out for. And every driver I've talked to. They're scared of the track, but they're excited for it every year. And it's, it's really become an awesome event. And um, I'm super excited. No, I can't believe it's just two weeks away. Um, I know. Ah, we can't either, but we'll be ready. We're, we're, we're almost ready, but we'll especially be ready when we get to next week. Awesome. Once again, uh, Liz Allison, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'll say a thousand times, I'm super excited for next in two weeks. And uh, it should be an awesome one. And hopefully the Nashville native, Joseph Newgarden, will carry on this streak he's doing right now. Listen, he might. He's He definitely is. He's on the roll, right? He's making us look really good. Absolutely. <laughs> Liz, thank you so much thank for joining you. me. We appreciate it. And there you have it, folks. That's my interview with the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix Executive Vice President, Liz Allison. Once again, thank you so much to the Music City Grand Prix team, and thank you so much to Liz to always taking the time to speak with me or let me learn a little bit more about what's going on and being able to, you know, bend your ear a little bit. So thank you guys so much. It, next weekend, the race is here. Uh, 
going to be some drivers in town all next week, and we're going to be covering any type of event, all type of interview opportunities. We're going to be there, so please be sure to follow the Sports Credential uh, on social media and uh, stay up to date on our website because we'll, we'll keep you updated about everything that's going on with the Grand Prix and all three racing days. We will be there. Once again, thank you so much to Liz. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Please be sure to follow the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to make sure you get those episodes right into your feed each week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm really excited for what's coming up for the Sports Credential and what's going on in Nashville sports, and can't wait to keep you guys covered. So once again, thank you guys so much, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.